everybody. It's time to roll for intent. I'm your GM, Trevor, and I'm feeling a hell of a lot better today than I was just a couple days ago. Damn it. You sound better. Right, even we wanted you to get worse. I'm just kidding. Right, we kept putting off recording our Kingmaker review, and I still kind of sounded like this when we recorded it. We did it anyway. Just got over like a stomach bug, and then it turned into something that turned into strep. So I've Oof. been down for two plus weeks. I'll never forget. I had I had strep throat, and then I had double pneumonia. I was a kid. I was like probably thirteen. And strep throat and double pneumonia. But Kids are gross. I didn't know double pneumonia <laughs> all the way. <laughs> What's this mean? I didn't know I was sick. And my aunt was like, hey, we're all going to SeaWorld. Do you want to go? And I was like, of course I want to go. I love SeaWorld. And I went to SeaWorld with strep throat and double pneumonia and sat front row at the Shamu show. And I got drenched and then I was freezing and dying. I'm surprised hey, I lived. Raven, I'm just wondering, were you in the proximity of anybody that loved you in that period of time? <laughs> so many people. My because whole somebody family. should have heard you with like your 60 year smoker cough at <laughs> middle school aged and been like, maybe yeah. you stay home. Yeah, she's like, let's go. Because there's no way that you were like, yeah, I want to go to SeaWorld with double pneumonia and strep. You were like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, like, weird. They just put some Vicks vapor rub on him. Yeah, right? Seriously. (laughs) Put it on his feet and put some socks on. If you don't stop coughing, the middle name thief is going to come and take your name. I know, seriously. I said, I picture it's like March, and they're like, let's go to SeaWorld. This kid (laughs) sounds like shit. Maybe we can finish him off. Yeah, right? It was fun. I had a great time, though. I remember it. It was incredible, even though I was sick as a dog. I barely remember the only time I can remember going to SeaWorld. I don't remember anything about it, like nothing substantive. Um, my dad was really big into Amway when I was a kid. And <laughs> really, all, really? Yeah. And all of, the, uh, all of the trips that we went were around like Amway-related retreats. And and conventions what is, and stuff. I didn't ask what Amway is. What is Amway? Amway is like, it's a multi-level marketing thing. Gotcha. Like it's, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's that like loosely related to like the DeVos family and shit like that. It is the DeVos family. Yeah. Yeah. Which Rich is, DeVos and Jay Van Andel started it up. Which is in, if it's such a Michigan thing that Grand Rapids Arena is called Van Andel Arena. So damn, a lot of Amway money on the west side of the state here. So I'm not really surprised to find out Rob was into Amway. What is and if you're what listening, Amway sell? <laughs> what do they sell? Listen. What's their what's their uh, everything? I mean, honestly, their stuff's okay. pretty good. It's just expensive and it's a cult. Yeah, but we have, uh, yeah, we have that we, here, uh, but not Amway. It's like DoTerra, but the stuff works. Um, so we would go to like Virginia Beach. So I went to a Virginia Beach a lot, and I have a lot of memories of going to Virginia Beach, uh, which is pretty cool. But everything that we did was either on the way to or on the way from one of those functions, whether it was in D.C. or Virginia Beach. Um, and you know, one year we did like Bush Gardens and some other park and we would do like Hershey Park, whatever they call it in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, but one year we did SeaWorld and I remember literally nothing about it other than the gift shop. That's the only thing I remember from that trip. I was probably nine if I had to guess. There were killer whales, but you just were really into that gift shop. <laughs> yeah, right. They have, it's a massive Apex gift shop. Predators locked into a tank and you were all about that gift shop. Yep. Nine years old. At least, at least I've never thought that uh, Martha's Vineyard was an amusement park. So <laughs> got that going for me. Okay. So like we talked about the rides at Martha's Vineyard, what would be the gift shop? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Silver spoons. Yeah. I think it's kind of a stretch calling it a gift shop at all. <laughs> or like a grift shop. Hey, yo. 
I remember, but this was before COVID, but for, I lived, I, well, I didn't live. All my friends went to uh, San Diego State University, which is right next to SeaWorld. And I just partied there. I didn't go there, but I was just there all the time with my friends. And it was cheaper. Partying at SeaWorld. Yeah. So, well, it, so here's the thing is at the time I was 22, I was 22. So that was well, seven years ago. Drinking it was, with Shamu. It was cheaper to, if you're, cause if you went to San Diego Sham State. wasted. Um. Well, if you went to San Diego State, you got like a discounted season pass and it was like $15 a month. And then what? the all you can drink package was like $31 a day. Oh, so my God. We, so we would go to SeaWorld and just get wasted with like a bunch of kids and animals uh, because you it, was che- it was you cheaper know, to go to any bar. You were that kids actually sounds pretty great. <laughs> I know. We were kids and animals. Right. It was, it was great. It was because it was cheaper to go to SeaWorld and get in and drink and they got they have like the giant it's like a giant souvenir drink it's like this big it's massive and it's like oh it's a drink package you can drink all as much as you want all night just you pay 31 dollars and uh, I, i'm sure was, the zookeepers with like the uh, the net that they use to clean out the pools loved like <laughs> un- getting the, the vomit from like the drain yep yeah oh, that yeah. sounds great they, or fighting off violent drunk drunk like, college yeah. kids yeah. yeah it was like 15 of us and we were just all we would all just walk in this world like these fucking kids are here again it's a business of them oh good yeah. they're gonna try to ride the whale okay gotta keep them away <laughs> Yeah, so that was the thing, shitty thing I did this week seven years ago. <laughs> they actually taught the orcas <laughs> to kill people like you. That's why I they feel like the cavalcade of shitheads you ran with are the reason there are signs all over SeaWorld where you're like, why would you have to tell someone not to? It's yep, you. That was us, 100%. <laughs> he runs with a crowd that eats carts and does... Uh, mm-hmm. does uh, uh, a basket loot. Next thing you know, you're going to be doing K-bumps on top of an orca. <laughs> God damn it. Orcas love ketamine. What the fuck are you talking about? Everybody would get fucking super trashed, and then we'd go to the sea otter show. It's like sea otters and sea lions because it's like a comedy show, and all of us, it was just like a bunch of kids, and then like 15, 22 year old dudes, like, this is hilarious. <laughs> Imagine you guys just like clapping like seals, like, <laughs> drunk out of your asses. Yeah. Now I look back and like, God, I would hate me as a 23 year old kid. <laughs> That's me every year. I look back on my life like, God, I hate that guy. Right? But uh, yeah, it was at the time, it was so much. I was like, this is great. And it was cheap. I was cringy, but I wasn't an asshole, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Except to you, Jake. I was an asshole to you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I have to love you because we're family or whatever. Yeah, right. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. Blood and water, <laughs> whatever the fuck. The, that quote that everybody always gets wrong and misconstrues. No, that, that no. See that that misconstrued quote is like a a back reference. The original is the actual one. The one that everybody is like, "No, you're misrepresenting." That's Who's the real lying one. To me, everyone lied. I'm to confused. You. What are these quotes? Like, I guess it's <laughs> so like blood is thicker than water, and uh, they're saying uh, blood is thicker. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. They've completely flipped it. That, uh, it's people trying to sound more intelligent by making up shit is essentially what it is. Gotcha. Classic Dunning-Kruger. Love it. Don't you love it when you're like in the well of the Dunning-Kruger effect? You're learning something. You think you're hot shit, right? And as you start to learn more about it, you're like, oh, fuck, I was so stupid. Oh, God, I feel so bad. That's me looking back at like my programming and stuff. (laughs) See, at least I could wear my stupidity with the badge of honor. Like, yeah, I did that. I learned. It was me. (laughs) Yeah, right. I feel like it's better than hiding it and being like, oh, no, I was never stupid. (laughs) Yeah. The trick, guys, just remain stupid. Just never get better. And then you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> a lot of people follow your advice, unfortunately. 
I know. I know. It does keep the expectations around you low. <laughs> right? Makes every day a new wonder. Yeah, I never have to amount to greatness. When actually intelligent people like Dunning-Kruger themselves to awful effect, like uh, the dudes that killed themselves with the demon core in Los Alamos. I'm sure oh, Micah knows that story. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was the, the radiation thing, right? Yeah. The, yeah. The they, were, they were, so they had like a, if I remember the story correctly, they had like decommissioned, uh, it was like plutonium was from World War II. Bomb. Yeah, and they did not use it. So they were using it as like, you know, a science experiment for a university and they had it like in between two domes, half domes of like a material to bounce the radiation back into it. So and if you completely closed it, then bad shit would happen. So they had it propped up with a fucking screwdriver. And then they like sneezed or something and it dropped and it went super critical. And like the flash of radiation like burned them and killed them within several days. The only one person died. I'm pretty sure what happened is like it went down like and then like the guy looks at everybody else in the room and was like, well, that was it. Like he knew immediately he was exactly what happened. He said, well, that was it. And he died nine days later. Like the thing it's it was two halves of the two beryllium halves and with that was supposed to be shimmed together. But he would do everything with a screwdriver. And Enrico Fermi was quoted as telling him, you keep doing it like that. You'll be dead within a year. Well, ding, 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 Mr. Fermi, you got it. Uh, is that the same guy with the Fermi paradox, or does that just happen to be the last name? Same guy. Pretty sure that's the same oh, guy. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fermi was a major physicist in the mid 20th century. Like the the entire class of uh, particles called fermions are named after him. Also, there's a major national lab in Chicago called Fermi Lab. Yep, he's a Fermi big lab. deal. Hmm. He's a big deal. This is why I'm glad I have you in my corner of friends. Like, I just get like <laughs> yeah. this weird, super yeah, scientific right? information every now and again, and I love it. Uh, that reminds me, do you know anything about the nuclear waste site in the United States? Which one? It, Which one? Uh, uh, <laughs> I forget. The The largest one that they're set to decommission the soonest. Uh, which, where is that one? Lion uh, Stadium. I watched the Lions this past weekend. That was a fucking disappointment. Anyways, sorry, Christian, keep going. <laughs> Michigan tradition everything around it, how much concrete is surrounded by and then rock and then gravel. There are marble slabs buried around it in every direction written in numerous languages with different alphabets telling people basically don't go in here. And I was like, there, that is like so much better than any science fiction plot that we have in a Mm -hmm. movie right now. (laughs) I'm just like, how's no one even ever used that for some great sci-fi movie? (laughs) Yeah, like really interesting. That's like I think what Trevor and I were about to say is almost the same thing is that it's a really big point of contention. Like when you're doing nuclear dump sites, like how do you market? Because exactly waste material lasts for thousands upon thousands of years and language can change and morph so much in that time. And I remember watching a video about this and they're like, do they leave like giant ominous architecture? Because I think they had like a site somewhere in uh, Scandinavia where they just buried it like deep, deep, deep. And then like you like lodged it behind clay and limestone underground. And what they ultimately decided to do was leave it completely unmarked. So nobody Uh knew it was there. Damn. Right. So like, how do you communicate in a language that you don't know might possibly exist? This place is dangerous and you have no idea how to know that it doesn't feel dangerous. It doesn't smell dangerous, but it's killing you and you have no idea. 
And then you make it super ominous, and somebody's going to be like, there must be some secret power here. Look, I glow now. <laughs> or, you know, it could potentially be used for a militaristic purpose, like spent uranium and or, or other, like, uh, radioactive uh, fuel cells and stuff like that. There's a multitude of reasons you could look for it. I went down a really weird hole uh, this weekend over, like, nuclear accidents and stuff. That's why the Demon Core thing popped in my head. I watched... Uh, the video, a video about the Theriac 25, which is like a big ethical software problem uh, in my field. Oh, was that but the one where the, it was like a virus attack on a... No, 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 a, no, no, no. It was just bad code written by a hobbyist that was ported and never checked. But essentially, it would deliver lethal doses of radiation to people that were getting radiation treatment when it malfunctioned. And it kind of failed oh, silently. Jesus. Oh, oh no. yeah, Killed a bunch oh, of people. Oh, God. Oh, oh my, my god. Fuck, that's a nightmare. Uh, yeah. yeah that's uh, bad. Check it out, Theriac 25. So uh, happy 69th episode of Roll for Intent, guys. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> nice. Having a great time. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Oh, and I get to edit this one too. Yep. So this uh-huh. will be fun. Mm-hmm. Funny number, everyone. <laughs> well. That else is pretty funny. <laughs> that story Doriana told about the motley man coming into her bed room. You know Shit. what else is ominous that we don't understand? <laughs> <laughs> that crazy guy in my room. This motley, the motley crew man. outside of the... <laughs> man, fuck. Hey, are you part of the motley crew? With the motley man? So last week, you shattered Brelda's world by dumping Yosef Chum onto her bar. <laughs> so good job, all. Yep. Bravo. She walked out silently shell-shocked. Yeah, she has uh, a return. So, I mean, honestly, could could have been better, could have been worse. I really don't know <laughs> what's gonna happen. You're, you're just like yeah. describing it like Bill holding a napkin with like yeah. parts of me and it like, don't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a thing. Well, that's pretty much what happened. I kind of picture we just wandered around with him with a hobo sack, you know, tied yeah. to a stick. <laughs> Little bits poking out mm-hmm. here. He is small and pieces of him were missing, so it's dripping silently. Oh, then you went to the jail. Or the not jail, the city watch, and uh, to find this weird knoll person, lightest, uh, irritable, racist ass he was, said that unfortunately he couldn't keep him any longer because they had nothing to keep him on. So he decided to head back to the mayor's house, and you saw this lovely, interesting knoll whose name was remind us, Jake Cecil. Cecil. Yeah. You saw Cecil uh, just kind of milling around the stalls of the farmer's market. You all went up to the mayor's house, talked to him a little bit, introduced Cecil, eventually got to meet Doriana. Doriana gave Cecil lots of belly rubs and stuff. And he, I think he was into it. Told you a bunch of creepy shit and then said something about the motley man sometimes tells her things. And that is where we left off. What do you do all right so um motley man what what kind of what kind of knowledge would i have to roll for that oh uh, shoot to know if that's uh because i do not have nearly as many skills with this character so yeah i have a i could do a, maybe a religion um i don't that'd probably be a reach though mm, you know what you don't know enough to even know what to know so I'll let you maybe let's go ahead and roll a society. It's untrained, but I can do it. I got a fifteen, so pretty good mm. considering I have a plus zero. I'll try untrained. I have a plus three. 
Ooh, that's a nine total. <laughs> Might as well try. Uh, yeah, I'll go for it too. No harm. This is where I wish I was doing secret checks sometimes, but I like the. Nope. I like to see your faces drop when you roll poorly, so. Bill got a three. Uh, I got a 16. Bill thinks that it is a roving gang of rockers, also known as the Motley Crew. <laughs> he is the front man, the Motley Man. <laughs> Ricky Six once drank cocaine out of a fire hose. Their favorite, their um, their breakout single was "Ghouls, Ghouls, Ghouls." Is that uh, that was that Nick Swartzen bit, right? Yeah, Nick Swartzen bit. Nicky Six drinks cocaine out of a fire hose. He's like, "Oh, I'm a pussy." <laughs> I drink like thirty yeah. beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill has no. I Bill doesn't. Bill has tuned out at this point. None of you have any clue what she could mean by that. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to kind of give a knowing look to my new friends. Well, I am like down there on the ground, supine, getting belly rubs, and then hear the motley man thing and look at them with like, like, like you know how your dog does whenever you're giving it a belly rub and then you mm-hmm. say its name and it looks at you with its ears up like what? <laughs> I'm going to like do that to everybody else, be like, motley man? Mm-hmm. Like this look like, oh, I don't, yeah. this is news <laughs> to me. Bill does like a drumming motion, right? I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the 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 mayor that I have just met and be like, "Motley man, do you have any idea who that could be? I'm unfamiliar." No, it's the first uh, first I've ever heard of this. Doriana, can you tell us anything else about the Motley man? He's the one that called Dr. Feelgood. He's just the one that makes you feel alright. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with that and give you a hero point. <laughs> I see him in my bed, some, in my bedroom sometimes. Sometimes we go on adventures. Takes me to a fantastical place with forests and rivers and fields palaces. He said sometime, someday we'll be able to play a lot more together. That doesn't sound at all concerning. Everybody's back muscles arch and tense in unison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for the viewers at home, this is a... Uh, oh boy. We're all <laughs> reacting to We're this. We're tiptoeing yeah, a fine line here, gentlemen. Alright. Oh boy. Okay. Now, Doriana, could you, could you describe this man's appearance or... His behavior. How does he act when he's around you? Oh, he's very, very nice. He uh, plays all my favorite games with me. Um, he he wears lots of yellow clothes and bright colors. He's got a very funny hat. I like him a lot. He's silly. Hmm. Oh, cool. Great. Awesome. Excellent. That's exactly what we needed on top of everything else going on with Belcora in this murder dungeon, like adjacent to this cute little hamlet on the coast is the king in yellow. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing Jim Carrey in the mask, like honestly. I'm, and that yeah, giant, I'm, picturing, like, I'm picturing the guy in the yellow hat from Curious George. She just uh, wakes up and it's just him like, somebody stop me! <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing Willy Wonka, but in yellow. Yeah. And, and as she's standing there, uh, she just kind of shifts back and forth. She, like, scratches at her hand a little bit. She's like, Daddy, can I go? I want to go play some more. I forgot that I'm Daddy as well. 
<laughs> Trevor, you are daddy. Five. Yeah. Jesus. You are to someone. Yes. Yes, Doriana, you can you can leave. You can leave. Huh? Just uh That's how desperate you were to get out of that dialogue. Right, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, Doriana, you can go play as you want. Just be careful of Smotly man doesn't sound very good. Oh, I promise, Daddy, he's very good. He gives me toys sometimes, too. What kind of toys? It's really silly. He gives me old toys that I used to have that I lost. Such as a stuffed animal or a doll from when you were a little girl? Yes, yes, let me show you. And she runs off and returns about two minutes later with a little stuffed griffin. Okay. Look, look, it's it's Mr. Griffy. I haven't seen Mr. Griffy till I was since I was very, very, very little. Our doggy ate him. Remember, remember when when Puckles ate Mr. Griffy, Daddy, and I cried and cried and cried. I mean, as soon as you said that the dog ate him, like I was literally was about to be like my canine instincts <laughs> react, and I snap at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Something about this fucking doll. And and Yost. <laughs> not Yosef. He's not doing nothing. Uh, oh, soon. Yosef. Yeah. yeah, pour Yosef out. Yeah, I pull his foot out and starts twitching. Yosef reaches out his head. like, yeah, where did she get this? Ariana, Mr. Mr. Griffey was torn to shreds. To shreds, you say? And his wife? Mm, to shreds, you say. Oh, yes, the Motley Man gave me Mr. Griffey back. He knows I love it very, very much. Can uh, any of us who can, can, can I like uh, detect magic on that? Or like, I will detect magic on it because I don't need to ask your permission. Fuck you. <laughs> Do I detect magic? <laughs> Yikes, dude. Jesus. <laughs> you trigger an attack of opportunity and the girl yeah, kicks right. you in the nuts and runs off. Uh, you do not. She blows into your nose. That thing that dogs hate. You. 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 Hmm. Tread lightly. He was thwarted by that cantrip. <laughs> you do detect magic on this toy. Oh, oh, boy. What what I'm going to I'm going to sustain for another round <laughs> until I figure out what kind of magic. Christian, give me a rundown on on how detect magic works as you sustain the spell. Uh, So ooh, let me look. I don't remember the level breakdown because I don't use it as much. But uh, when you cast detect magic at first, it simply tells you the presence of magical auras. Uh, once you heighten it to third level, let's see. Oh, it's heightened in second edition. It's not sustained. Correct. Oh. So right now, actually, yeah, you can't actually determine what school of magic. All you oh. can do right now is determine the presence or absence of magic. Once it you heighten it to third level, so once you are a fifth level character, you can learn the school of magic, but you don't have to do anything extra. I mean, you will just know that when you cast it. And then once you can heighten it to a fourth level spell, you can also pinpoint the source of the highest level of magic. So auras don't necessarily tell you how strong. I mean, there could be, okay. you know, a 12th level item and a first level item. You can just tell they're both magical. So many things did not carry over into second edition, and I needed to stop assuming that they did. That's on me. Well, it's magical, and that's all I know, folks. Let me get a diplomacy check out of anybody that wants to. Um, you detect magic... 
items. Let's see. You detect illusionary magic only if that magic effect has a lower level than your detect magic. So you, if something is of illusionary magic, you wouldn't actually detect that unless it is higher or it is lower level than your detect magic. Right, and you're heightened to level two right now. Give me, give me some diplomacy checks, guys. Uh, yeah, I can roll diplomacy. Yeah, let me, uh, let me do that. Doriana, uh, dear, I would not wish to deprive you of your toy, but uh, could I take a closer look at it? Give me a roll. Thirteen for a twenty-one. Bill got a great diplomacy. He's good with kids. Let's give you. Let, let's see if you get a get a give you a chance, William. Bill got a nineteen for a twenty-six. Ooh, oh boy. She looks very suspiciously at, at Solus as if she knows something about him that he's trying to keep a secret. But she turns to Billiam with his hand stretched out and reaches out with Mr. Griffey. Here, don't hurt him. I know you're real big and strong, but he's very nice. And as she reaches out with her right hand, she reaches across, she kind of scratches at it again. Um, and let me get a perception check out of literally anybody that wants to perceive. I'm going to perceive with my eyes. My special eyes. Look. Look with your special I'm eyes. A, oh my god. <laughs> I rolled so bad. Same. I'm like a foot, not even a foot away from her, and I rolled a three for a ten. <laughs> I rolled a two for a seven. Got a fifteen for a twenty-three. I also rolled a fifteen, but got a twenty-one. Solus, even though she's not outstretching her arm to you, you notice um, a ring of strange bruises around her wrist. Strange bruises, huh? And, Billiam, you now have Mr. Griffey in hand. <gasps> I'm holding him tenderly like this as to not upset her. It feels heavier than it should. Guys, it's real dense. Like, I feel like it should feel like a little toy, but it doesn't. It's filled with dreams. So you say there are bruises around her wrist. Does it look like her scratching has torn the skin at all? Not that you can make out. Okay. Does it look like somebody has been grabbing her or like she's been tied? No. But they look very... That's why they look, they don't look like a ligature mark or a fingerprint, but they look extremely strange. Hmm. But potentially intentional. Can I also feel in like the doll to make to see if there's anything inside, like what it's filled with? You know, give me a thievery check, Billiam. It's yeah. all of these checks that Yosef would be so good at if he were still alive. And Bill's not. <laughs> Too bad he's a chum bucket in the graveyard. I know. Fuck you. And a plus one. Can't That's wait till bad. I run a rest march game and I kill one of your characters. You got a 15 for a 16 on my thievery. There's thievery. something hard inside of this, but every time you seem like you can find it, it disappears again. Like you lose it in the stuffing. You think it's there, but you mm-hmm. can't be sure. Like it's like you pinch at it and it slides away. Uh, okay. This is obviously important. That's so weird. Bill, Bill is going to look, Bill is going to look at Doriana and go, he's going to go. So I know you love Mr. Griffey very much, but I also have a daughter. I was wondering if maybe I could show my daughter your toy and let her play with it for a little bit and then bring it back to you. I want another diplomacy out of you. Okay. Not to be that guy, but I think it should be a deception. 
true. I mean, it, I, I want mean, a deception out of you. No, let's do diplomacy. My diplomacy is <laughs> way better. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a dick, but I am yeah, saying you're be a deception. Her. Yeah, I'm straight up lying to her, obviously. I want to get this checked by somebody who knows. It's like, I don't even have a daughter. And I just oh, love I the idea of <laughs> Bill being incapable of lying. <laughs> I know. I have a plus one to deception. He's a Vulcan. <laughs> let's go. I have. I, say, I could use a hero it's point. It's supposed to be a net I, 20. I know. I was saying I could... Uh, I, I, we'll see if I need to use a hero point. We'll see. 18 for a 19. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can show you if you want to see it. It's 18 for a 19. Dice game. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I want her. I don't know that I want to lose Mr. Griffey again. I just got him back so soon. I can promise. She Look how here? big and strong I am. Can she come here and play with it? Daddy, can she come here and play? And Osef does a knowing glance at Billiam and Solas. Do you think it's that important to see the doll? Yes. <laughs> Bill doesn't say yes. <laughs> Bill says yes with his eyes. I- I'm sorry. Did you just ask us if we feel it's important to investigate the doll that was once lost long ago, torn to shreds, given to her by the strange motley man that visits her bedroom during the night just out of idle curiosity. Children are so prone to fantasy as Mordrin. <laughs> Flights of fancy children, you know. <laughs> Who among us has not imagined a large yellow man in our bedrooms <laughs> late at night, taking us on adventures <laughs> all around the countryside? <laughs> Drags us so fervently, it bruises our wrists. Yeah, right. Yes, it's important to take the doll. My daughter Dude. would love it. Doriana, you need to give them, give them the doll. Just for a little bit, I'm sure it'll come back to you, no problem. Bill will get down on one knee and be like, look how big and strong I am. I can protect the doll, I promise. She reaches out and snatches at it and grabs a bit of the doll. I'm holding on still. Like, rips a piece of it? Like, she's grabbing it and tugging. Oh. I'm, do you I'm holding on to it. Do you want to tug I a war with this child? I want to tug a war with this child. Come on, Billy. We <laughs> can oh, beat the man, shit out of this child. Who would win? Give me an <laughs> athletics check. This is just check, oh, check, check, fucking, check, check, guys. I'm going to fucking blow this out of the water. It's a plus a four, baby. PC. 17, uh, 29. Uh, barbarian or a child. <laughs> she flings her across the room into the wall. I got a 17 for a 29. You rip her arm out of socket. <laughs> the leg of the doll rips oh, no. at the seam. Look what you're doing, Doriana. You're breaking it. I gotta say, with this interaction, I'm picturing Johnny Bravo and the little girl. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mama. <laughs> and something, you see a glint of something in the seam, something red. Just a glint. You don't really see it clearly, but there is something that catches the light. Can I squeeze it out like a ketchup packet and then hand her the doll back? If I can get it out, then my thought would be like, can I like discreetly like get it out and then just be like, here, I'm sorry. I don't sorry, even know if it needs to be doll. discreet. Yeah, I guess not. Unless she thinks it's part of the doll. I don't know. I don't know. Fight this child, William. Go yeah, for I'll, it. Yeah, I'll do it. Fuck this kid. <laughs> this is actually a poppet and that's its heart. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, sure, sure. You can you can just pop that sucker out, kind of like okay. a zit. Just yeah, out it flies, out. and it falls down onto the ground with a clatter, and it's and Doriana eats. I would it. say yeah, right. It is a flawless 
ruby about an inch and a half in diameter, like a cabochon cut. So it's not like faceted or anything, uh, but it's a flawless round ruby. You said a half inch in diameter? About an inch and a half in diameter. Inch and a half. Okay. A big sucker. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Billiam, can, can I see uh, Mr. Mr. Griffey? What's left of him, yeah. Well, do I still have... I still have, I guess, you have, everything you but have the leg, it, right? And Doriana yeah. is starting to go, like, ballistic. She's crying and and throwing a tantrum. And, and, and like, All right, I'll- Osef looks completely broken he's like i don't know what to do with this kid right <laughs> so, so, never it, so like in this. the middle of uh, all the pandemonium and screaming and, and wailing and gnashing of teeth i would like to just while i'm on the floor uh just reach out and grab that uh that gemstone and just kind of like drag it across the floor back to me real quick um it is beautiful it's probably the most perfect ruby you've ever seen in your life i'm gonna look at it really confused <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bill will hand the rest of the doll over to Asmordrin and then walk up to um, Cecil and be like, I get half of that. <laughs> no, I don't. But I give the doll to Asmordrin. I imagine Asmordrin's about to roll a crafting check to try to put that thing back together. Actually, he's making a, a cult. He has... We have two scrolls of mending, and I think that'll probably be much better than... I don't actually, you know, as Morgan doesn't probably carry a ton of stuff on him too. So Just putting toys. a bomb inside of it. Oh yeah, that's easy. Uh, put, a, put a hidden camera in it so we can see the the Motley Man. Oh, you're gonna put a hidden camera in a child's bedroom? Gross, Raymond. I just want to see the Motley Man, okay? Oh, the Motley Man will come to you. Don't worry. That's what they all say. Why don't you come over here and have a seat? <laughs> Why do you have a six-pack of Zima and Skittles? You drove 45 minutes to come see the Motley Man <laughs> with this six-year-old girl. Is that, am I led to believe that's, that's what happened? <laughs> As she's throwing this tantrum, her sleeve kind of, like, flutters up while she's, like, freaking out about this thing. And you can see that the bruises extend up her forearm as well. And her father sees this and reaches out like, Doriana, Doriana, come here. What? What happened to your arm? What happened? Who did this to you, Doriana? And she kind of gets a thousand yard stare and looks at it and looks through it. I don't know what happened. I don't know what gave me these. And she immediately calms down from her fit. You can, she can hear the sound of gunfire in the yeah, distance. Right? I think it's time to go, guys. <laughs> it's about to get wild. Flashbacks to Normandy. Okay, I don't know what to do. This, this is either like yeah, the most, wow. this is the reddest herring ever uh, made or, uh, uh, or I, I don't. So do we just watch as this I, domestic case just unfolds in front of us? Or? I, know, I, mean, right? I, I have a couple ideas of what to do once we leave, but like I, I don't know what to do right now. Yeah. So obviously we go with what I was doing when my character first showed up and we just wait around outside until nighttime. Yeah. What time is it, by the way? Oh, it's still relatively early in the day. I think it's probably like 11 o'clock a.m. Something like that. What if, okay. What if we ask Doriana if we can see the Motley Man with her? She says he's nice. Go ahead, with ask like him. Maybe ask I might be no, able I'm, to. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Ask, ask the yeah, group yeah, yeah, to. Yeah. I'm not going to ask her because she already hates me because I ripped her doll. So. <laughs> yeah, we're down to uh, Asmordrin and uh, Cecil. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pocket. Who's trained the... in occultism here? I am. Not me. Uh, am I? I'm trained to. I. Uh, let me check. Uh, no, I am not. So I do not have nearly as many skills. Uh, I actually am. All right, Christian, I want you to give me a check. 
uh, add a plus two to occultism. Ooh, nice. Uh, 17 on the die for with a plus two. That is going to be a 28. As her, she's like, has her arm extended and her, her father's grabbed her hand and she's looking at these bruises. You kind of look up from the scroll that you've been looking at and you notice that those aren't just random patterns on her arm. It's a particularly obscure dialect of Aklo written in bruises on her forearm. God, I wish Yosef was here. What mm. does it say? You can't make out most of it, but you do make out one thing that sets the hairs in the back of your neck on end. You can clearly make out the word Lang. Oh, but what was the word? Len? Lang. 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 L-E-N-G. Lang. Okay. That's not very good. That's not very good at all. Not I don't know if in the least. My player would know that, but he might. Uh, anybody that has occultism can give me checks to see if they know what they know about that. I would say that as Mordred absolutely knows because he was able to pick out the word Lang, what that means. I don't know if Christian knows meta within Galarian or within. Honestly, I think this is a Burroughs thing. This is just generic, like eldritch madness nonsense, but. Lang is a terrifying extraplanar dimension just past the dimension of dreams. Where the citis, the there's a cruel and sinister race of outsiders called the Denizens of Lang. So is Lang a place or a being? It is a place. A place. Okay. You could assume it's a state of mind, Solus. That the motley man may be a denizen of Lang. Oh. But there's not much you can do about that, unfortunately. At least you would assume not, because they are extra planar and do not come to the material plane very often, if at all. As Morgren will crouch down and hand Mr. Griffey over to her. Here you go, Dariana. It's all better. Oh, Mr. Griffey. Thank you, Tommy Mouth. And she tickles you right below where your belly button would be. She cuts your finger on a tooth. Big tongue flops out. (laughs) Oh, you're so silly, Mr. Tummy Mouth. I love you. You're much nicer than the ugly goblin boy. (laughs) Wow. Yes, he's, he's, we're we're working on his social skills. He doesn't even remember his children's names most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? <laughs> Thank you so much. Daddy, can I go now? I want to go. Doriana, we need to find out what those red bruises on your wrist are. Who did this to you? I don't know, Daddy. I'm going to go play. And she just kind of runs out of the room. You have the ruby rock. in hand. Yeah. Yeah. In that, the uh, nobody seems to have noticed other than you. Uh unfortunately, because you I think Billy would laying on the rock. Yeah, yeah, Billy squeezed it out. And uh, nobody would have noticed it other than you two, and only because you were already laying on the ground, having just gotten your belly rubs. Mm, well, that seemed very strange, and I don't really understand any of that. Um, but inside of this doll that seems to have been rebirthed, um, when you tore its leg asunder, this little gem, well, not very little, a rather large ruby fell out. 
Who are you telling? Are you telling everybody in here? Are you telling Osef? I'm really just looking more at Osef, yeah. Oh, okay. Did you, do you mention anything about it being, you detected magic from the doll? Do you mention that? Yeah, do you mention that you detected magic from the doll? Yeah. I I feel we should probably see if we could investigate this ruby and see what what it may hold. I suspect it's the source of the magic. Indeed, but do we have the capabilities to do so? Just on our own? I I will trust you to watch over this. I'll ask the members of the household if uh, anybody has anything like this gone missing, but this seems far more exquisite than anyone in my household would have. Especially one unset and just laying around like this. You may keep in your position for now. By the way, Asmordrin, do you do you mention your your uh, revelation about the realm of Ling to everybody? No, not while we're here. Okay. Well, then, as far as I know, this is just a neat rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Report report to me anything that you find out about the stone. I'm very interested in who this motley man may be, but none of the servants, uh, her nannies, haven't reported anybody in the room. Nothing amiss. Other than her characteristic odd behavior, we all know of that. And you say that that's how long has that been going on that you've noticed? As far as I can remember, I said she could speak. She spoke in riddles and said strange things she shouldn't know. It probably has something to do with her birth. I guess I should probably tell you. Was her birth traumatic in any way? She was difficult. Uh, the pregnancy was fairly easy, but when it came time to deliver, my wife, Tessa, was in labor for nearly a day and a half. Hattie came to help. She did something, I'm not sure what, the memory's hazy, it's been years ago. But um, one minute, she had her hand on my wife's forehead, and it seemed the next minute, there was a baby in my wife's arms, completely inexplicably. It's like we lost time and she performed the full delivery, but everything else seemed as it were. Though, when it was finished, Hattie left quickly. She sent back, some months later, a request for payment. And she came back to collect just this last couple days. You see, she wants somebody to carry on her coven of sorts. She wants my Doriana. Something I allegedly agreed to, though I have no memory of it. In exchange for her and my wife's life, she was seven years old. She would go live in the swamp with Hattie for seven years. Learn the ways of her patron. Though that time is upon us, I'd hope she would never return where she has. She's halfway through her sixth year, and I do not want to part with her. I don't know what I'll do without her. Hattie is far too powerful for me to, to treat with or bargain with, and I agreed. So it seems I will lose my daughter. But I have to know if this thing, if there's something plaguing her, if this motley man is dangerous. Is it something that Addie did to her? Is it something that we did to her? Tell me anything that you can find out about this ruby. I feel like it may tie a few threads together that we are not quite understanding yet. Of course, I, I just need some time to look it over. And I must say, I don't have children of myself, but honestly, between the ages of 7 and 14, that's really no better time to get rid of them. And, Osif, I'm not sure if this will make you feel better at all, but my own family gave me up to the Knights of Lastwall when I was quite young. It made me the man that I am today, for good and for ill. 
Oh God, I have to keep her in my house. <laughs> you could just have one of my kids if you want. God, this fucking guy, Jesus. William, not getting any Father of the Year awards. Shit. <laughs> I just feel bad for this guy. I ripped your daughter's doll, and now you're talking about you're going to lose her. I just ship one of mine over here. Feed him well. <laughs> it's the Hobgoblin way. They just have kids <laughs> leaving them in every town that they travel through. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, we should leave you to your day. Yo, Osif. Go, go with my blessing and take care. Please let me know if... Uh, if you find out anything, and if, if you are able to find Hattie, please, please see if you can talk some sense into her. Figure out why she wants this, why it's so important. I don't want to lose my little girl. Of course, let, let us go and uh, see what we can find out. We'll be back. And as Mordren will give Solus kind of a look and turn to head out. All right. Heading out with him. I'm emotionally perceptive. I pick up on this too. <laughs> Bill follows. And once we're outside, as Mordrin will turn to Cecil. Oh, do you do you, uh, worship any particular demons or anything? Uh, quite the opposite. No, I believe that I worship the... No, uh, to Cecil, Cecil. not Solus. Oh, oh, Cecil. oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no one's talking to you, Micah. Shut up. God damn it. <laughs> um, Typical white dude thinks it's all about him. Sorry. He is basically the human fighter of the party. So, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah Mike is our resident himbo. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, no, I don't really worship anything in particular. It's not really something I've put a lot of time and thought into. Why? Oh, it's very common for your people. So I was just curious. But um, I noticed those bruises. They are... Uh, I couldn't make out much of it, but it's actually Aklo, and I picked up the word Leng. It's a uh, kind of a, a demiplane within a demiplane almost in the, the dreamscape. It's it's a place of nightmares and horrible creatures. So this, this girl may be marked. She may be beyond our help. However, it might be something we worth discussing with Hattie. But I would like to take a look at this gem first and see what what I can discern from it. This is very strange that I am drawn to this town. And then the girl that I am drawn to seems to be in possession of a doll with a very strange and esoteric connection to a realm beyond the realm of dreams. Hmm. Fortuitous, is it not? Tell me. Is there anybody in town who might be able to help us discern or ascertain the nature of this chipstone and its magic? This is beyond my capabilities. Well, I, I might be able to figure out something. Also, as a, uh, a meta aside, because Cecil wouldn't know this, since we have a copy of Whispering Reed, shouldn't we send out for... Uh, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, the guy that uh, Yin Yasmarin sent for from Absalom. Corvus, he has been sent back. Yeah. And uh, before we do anything with that again, I do want to take a look at the book. Oh, shit. This is where it yeah. starts. Yep. This is this is where the anti-paladin uh, <laughs> begins for Solus. This is all part of Solus's arc. This is where you get to it. You're like, redemption? No, I'll just embrace a better god. God, are you there? It's me, a second more powerful god. <laughs> I'm you, but stronger. I'm the upgrade. It's Iomadeva with a goatee. 
Hey guys, <laughs> let's have premarital sex and do drugs. <laughs> she's holding the guitar. Yomane's a loser. Does she know how to do this? And he starts playing Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Why does I feel like this guy is called Keith? Yeah, right? <laughs> Keith, got a blow in ketamine. <laughs> Destroyer of drywall. Enemy of monster energy licks, drinks, man. <laughs> Ruler of the 22 feet of cold steel and sex appeal. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Trans Am. <laughs> Would paneling man, I'd worship Keith. This dude sounds rad, right? <laughs> the Church of Keith gets a three day weekend. <laughs> Church of Keith I... gets free Daddy Light. <laughs> this is who that that one chair guy worships for sure. Oh yeah, that's not oh, the cosmic the, caravan. The it's the cosmic Trans Am. Yeah, what's his name? With that little guy, I can't remember. Oh, He's Drake. the latest addition to the cosmic caravan, <laughs> Keith. Cosmic <laughs> Keith. Every time he tries to do a spell, he takes a bump of cocaine. <sighs> Anyways, God, that, so, was, that, yeah. was real, that was that was a good bit. That was a really good bit. All right. Uh, so, what are we going to do? I want to take a look at the book. Make a and, crafting uh, check on this. Yeah. Give me that check, crafting check. I have way less skills to be useful in the party for this kind of stuff. So, that's all on you now. Thirteen for twenty-five. Ooh. This ruby is worth about thirty gold, but that's all you can tell about it. It's pretty good. It's a sizable chunk of money. Mm-hmm. It is. Not bad. It is a big chunk of money. You know what? Just sell it. It's obviously not <laughs> useful. <laughs> uh, no, and, to, I, and to rebound yeah. off of that joke, just to make sure, if I were to just use another one of my cantrips again and and uh, cast detect magic, it is coming from the ruby. Oh, yeah, it is. All right. Now, now Cecil, as for denizens of this village who may know more about this, either Vandy Benderdash, the... Uh, priestess in the Donflora Library, or Morlebint, a uh, local book vendor, I believe would be our best hopes. I would like to see say how it took about seventy episodes for Solus to say Vanderdash's name correctly. <laughs> just been like Ving Vang Voodle or whatever up until this. <laughs> that was just like that was just like one episode. That was when we were playing a, no, I'm gaslighting you into like, thinking you've been doing this wrong forever. Vi- yeah, I know her name is right. Vindy the rest Vindy of Dick. the cast, yes. He's never said it right. All right, let's destroy Micah's reality. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we should probably. Uh, I want Solus to read the book. I'm not going to lie. From a yeah. game perspective, I just want to see yeah, what I happened. really do. When yep. we finally crack this thing open, this has been such a huge, mm-hmm. like, uh, plot point forever. Yep. Yep. Christian just punches microphone. There is a fly. It is driving me insane. It will not leave me alone. Sure. I thought drive. you were just mad at my dialogue. It keeps like, it practically went up my nose. I'm like, oh. for fuck's sake, fly, go away. I always love how a fly with its, you know, power of flight has the entire world to explore and go around, but it just stays in a foot around yep. my head. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mike, get to reading. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, yes, I would like to take a look at this book before we do anything else. But the rest of you, if you wish to uh, speak with other people in town, prepare for our next journey up to the Gauntlet, please do go ahead. And uh, I'm going to return to the Crow's Casks. You're not staying there I'm anymore. I'm going to... Crookstook, whatever. You're not staying not there, there either. either. Thirsty Alpaca. Try again. Keep no, going. That's, that's, that, yeah. <laughs> that's decimated. There's only uh, so many places, but you picked uh, all of the wrong answers. <laughs> uh, rowdy Rockfish? There you go. Ding, 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 ding. What's there we go. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Rowdy Rockfish. And uh, yeah. I'm going to go back with Solus just to 
Well, because we'll probably take that ruby to study it for a little bit, and then we can go out and uh, probably take it to Vandy, I'm assuming? Yeah, well, sure. I assume you'd probably sure. need this, then. It's not very useful to me. I don't really know what to do with this rock. I know it's magical, but if you could ascertain something else, please take it. In the meantime, I'm not really sure there's anybody else I can really talk to. I'm, I guess I'm just around. And if you need some help in delving into the gauntlet, my services are available. If you promise to include me in any dalliances that may include this motley man or anything but Doriana, I am particularly interested in anything that has anything to do with the realm of dreams or even God's forbid Lang. <laughs> well, where are you staying so we can find you if we decide to go to the gauntlet? Oh, you know, jail so far. <laughs> then he went to spy on a little girl. See? Yeah, true. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. I went to jail he's for spying her. on a child. It's yeah. different. Get your, get your facts straight. <laughs> and he's got a rap sheet. Long as his mullet. I don't have a mullet. Shut up. Well, then, uh, if you have nowhere else to stay, Cecil, perhaps you could uh, remain with us at the Rowdy Rockfish or. There's already a bed uh, that's got fur in it. You can use that one. <laughs> Your feet might hang off the edge, but. I'm sure you don't mind curling up on a bed. I am never going to turn down a warm place to stay in a nice meal to eat. I appreciate your hospitality. Yes, I will follow you back to this bar, stranger I have just met. And I look at everybody in the okay. eye with my, my two different colored eyes and be like, we are already going to be the best of friends. This I can already tell. And he winks. One of Asmordrin's six eyes winks at you back. <laughs> Do you have so multiple eyes? Yeah. Most of us have two. His face is covered in full eyes. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Well, you know, that's that's on me. I guess, I guess... I guess that's on me for saying multiple and assuming that yes. we are all psychopathic. You said, right. you yeah. said the bar too low. Yeah, no, that's on me. Yeah, no, never mind. I, I've just been assuming that you have the same amount of eyes as, as everybody else, and that's. Uh, I gotta stop I feel assuming like you've so much. I've never even looked at Esmordrin's character art. I try not to, you know? <laughs> Jesus. Can't look him in the eye. And on our way back to the Rowdy Rockfish by way of every other tavern in town. <laughs> Even the one that's halfway underground. Yep. Yeah. I just picture as Mordred's walking with Solace and we go from one place to the next and it won't be walks in, like looks around. Nope. He like walks out like, what are you doing? Like, he I actually can't read so he doesn't at. know what sign yeah. it is. <laughs> Well, this actually is read. an issue for me in real life. I have a terrible sense of direction and like remembering where things are. What, yeah, it, it, it's it's a disaster. So. So Solus, the something interesting that Osef said is that had he made this bargain that he doesn't remember for his daughter. And I don't know a huge amount about the cosmic caravan, but do any of the deities, are they associated with the dreamscape or possibly anything to do with Lang? Because this this girl seems like she's been marked since birth, that some very powerful outer planar entity has certainly been keeping an eye on her and all of her, her cryptic nonsense and things that seem to have a, 
a fair amount of truth behind them. They are told to her. She doesn't glean this, so something has been watching her for a very, very long time. I, I must confess to you, I really know very little about the Cosmic Caravan or any extra planar beings or locations. That really was the purview of Toven. I'm, I'm afraid I'm no help there. Interesting. Is there anyone in town who may have more information? Perhaps this Vandy Banderdash who's in charge of one of the largest libraries on this island. Either her or the local astrologer, Rin Shavinksy. Oh, shit. I don't know if we ever told her that Tovin died either. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, oh, yeah. She's yeah. been out of the loop for all of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I sorry, sure Todd. At some point, the next time we go into her shop, it is 100% a new cast of characters. Yeah, oh, she's talking to her. Yeah. She hasn't met oh two of these God. people. <laughs> two of the other ones are gone. <laughs> it's been like three days since we've talked to her last. Yeah. So much has happened. Actually, no, it's probably been closer to like five because we spent mm-hmm. like a period of time after Tobin died in the gauntlet. Oh, fuck. Anyway... Yeah, we should probably go talk to Vandy. You don't think there's some larger thing going on here, do you? Bold of you to assume I think it all. I've got an eight intelligence. No, he's got a twelve, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, it's not low. It's just not very high. You said the next person that might know a good deal about this would be Tovin. Was it not Hattie that was very encouraging in your course of action with Tovin? I suppose Hattie would know as well, but I would prefer to avoid going to speak with her until we have more information. Is it possible she was trying to get him out of the way? Meta, I feel like this would have been something that Hattie would have told us if she wanted us to know. I know, I'm actually just sewing shit because it's a perfect story for Asmordran because he doesn't know any of these people so he's just Mm -hmm. putting all of this together like you're telling him that the one person that might know is now gone the person, the only other person that's involved in this who clearly has been involved since the very beginning is almost pulling the strings here to make sure that no one could possibly know what's going on (laughs) from his point of view but he's a suspicious fellow I also get what Solas is saying though because he probably doesn't want Hattie to know that we are somewhat suspicious of her now because so far we've been very congenial and if she's not as nice as we've been led to believe then it's best that she thinks that we don't know anything's up regardless though just to keep things moving we should either let Solus read this book or we should go talk to Bandy about the gem uh por que no los dos let's split up gang let's split up gang let's talk to Vandy let's let's adjudicate that and then we'll adjudicate the book Sure. Okay. Perfect. And look for anything mentioning Lang in that while you're mm-hmm. perusing it. Yep. We're gonna leave you alone, and then you're just gonna get like grabbed by tentacles. Is the party splitting, or or is everybody going to? Yeah, Solus is going straight to the uh, rowdy rockfish, and I suppose someone would be coming with him. I thought as Mordrin said he was going to go with you earlier. Yeah, I can go with him. And Shaggy and Scooby can go to the to Vandy. Let's take a, a trip to the Dawnflower Library. Couldn't remember what it was. You guys make your way to this very familiar, gigantic door. Though it's familiar to Billiam, Cecil, I don't believe, has ever darkened the doorway here. Mm-mm. And in they go. And it's just a normal day. I don't remember what day of the week it is. I probably should backtrack that and figure out what day of the week it is. 
but there's worshippers uh, in the in the main cathedral area, and there's somebody in the the healing room that looks like they're getting a burn on their hand treated. And you can see up on the balcony by the stack of returned books is Vandy trying to sort and catalog and place things back in the stacks. Because it's probably her favorite thing to do on a daily basis. She is strange. But she just really loves books. There's nothing strange about that. Books don't keep secrets. They tell you everything that you need to know about them. Vandy does not like people who keep secrets. So... William, looks like you're probably going to run the show here because you know who Vandy is. Vandy, get down here! No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we walk in, Bill would see Vandy up on the top, and I would uh, lean over to Cecil. Like, That's the woman we're looking for because you've probably never seen her before, ever. So that's who we need Thank to talk you. to. You're welcome. And uh, I walk towards her. Either she's going to notice me, or if she doesn't notice me, I'll walk up the stairs and and I definitely want to keep this uh, more on the hush-hush side, so I don't think I would just openly start talking up to her about it right away. So I'd walk up to her, or she'd walk up to me, whatever happens. Uh, she sees you out the corner of her eye, and she puts away the book that she's holding and then comes over to you. Billy, I'm very strange of a non-reader to come uh, to the stacks. I imagine you're here looking for me, you illiterate clod. How did you know? You know, this is, I feel real, like I like worms in under my skin whenever I'm in here. Um, by the way, this is our new friend. His name is Cecil. Charmed, I'm sure. Ah, hello, Cecil. I've never had the pleasure of meeting a knoll in person. I am very pleased to meet you, most definitely. And what big teeth you have. And what large claws you have. And that's a beautiful purple eye. Mmm, stop, you're going to make me blush. How can I see that under all that fur? Get a room, you two, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of rooms, Billiam. Be careful of what you wish for. God damn it. Man, he's trying to fuck this dog. I know. (laughs) Fandy, Fandy, uh, me... (laughs) <laughs> Me and my friend Cecil here. She's a furry. Um, <laughs> so she's the one that trained the mid-journey bot. Uh, <laughs> we have um, something that we'd like to discuss with you uh, in private, if that's okay. Uh, as you can see, there's nobody around here, so this is as private as it need be, I believe. Okay. Cecil, take that to Ruby. Mm, oh, right, yes. We were at the mayor's house, and I don't know if you've ever met the mayor's daughter, Doriana, but she's very strange. Oh, and, lovely uh, child. You know, I was there the day she was born. Oh, really? Maybe you could fill in some gaps, because <clears throat> the mayor doesn't remember much. Yes, actually, let me ask you a question. Since Osif's memory of the days is very hazy, was... A woman from the swamp named Hattie involved. Her face goes completely deadpan. What what do you want to do with that swamp witch? Don't trust her, well, never have. I only, I'm only tangentially aware of her. As you see, I have just arrived in your beautiful coastal town. I was called across the plains by the mayor's 
creepy weirdo daughter who seems to also be able to reach into the plane of dreams. While we were there, she said that there is a strange man who gives her toys from when she was a child and takes her to a strange, faraway, magical place. And while showing us this doll, Billiam got overexcited and ripped one of the seams and now dropped this rather large, precious gemstone. It was totally her fault. It was not my fault, okay? She ripped the doll. You're the adult, Billiam. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine defensive. that when Cecil la- like talks, he moves his arms in large, flowy, theatrical gestures and gesticulates <laughs> his hands like he's doing close-up magic while he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I imagine. He's it's like the Chris hit. Angel of the party. He's just like right up in your face. Exactly. So yeah, Vandy, we uh, didn't steal. Definitely didn't steal this ruby. Um, but we why came would into you having say that, William? Just, I didn't want you to think that we took it because it's not like that happened. She didn't I mean, even want. You obviously have it in your hand. You must have taken it, right? But it wasn't hers. That's not. That's beyond You're the not point. Doing the point is any favors, Billiam. Beyond the point. I'm the going point to look is, directly at Vandy and be like, "It was me. I took it. Sorry." But he's a good guy, and I pet him a little bit. Uh, we are just trying to figure out. There's obviously magic coming from this ruby, but it's beyond anyone in our party. Of friends. Also, and for what it's worth, Osef knows we have it. He told us to mm-hmm. come here. He did. That's true. Just wanted to throw Bill that out for- there. Bill forgets things sometimes. But we were hoping that you could take a look at it and tell us what's going on with it. There is magic emanating from it, but I do not have the power to discern anything else. Yeah. Also, the girl has a bruised tattoo on her arm that says Lang in Aklo, mm-hmm. which is ominous to say the very least. Yes. Yes, it is. May, may I see it? I imagine you're holding it out to her. Yeah. And she takes it, holds it in her hand. Well, it's definitely magical. Though, yes, this magic is made of magic. <laughs> It feels as if there's a fairly strong divination aura coming from it. But what it is, I I cannot say. It's not active. It seems to be passive in some way. I don't know what it would be useful, but let me try something else. This is where we watch Vandy's, like, eyes roll back into her skull. She starts to lift off of the ground. Yeah, right. She's just like, hello. She goes and she grabs a couple books off the off the stack out of the stacks and she brings them back and they are leather bound covered in strange occultic symbols and she goes through and she reads a bit um so yes this right here i should be able to determine the state of mind of whoever its creator was whoever placed this magic upon it I haven't done this very often, so I'm not sure how well it will work, but I believe I can read the psychometric resonance from this crystal. And she puts her hand on it, and she... Her her breathing slows. And it seems like the... The room goes silent, like dead silent. Um, Maybe not silent, but all of the sounds around you muffle. You can hear the steps, but they seem distant. Uh, maybe even coming from another building. She whispers... Torment her, feeling satisfaction, abduction, 
subjugation, hunger, and the sound of the room rushes back into your ears. Whoever created this was quite malevolent, quite powerful. I suggest you destroy it if you can. Whatever you can do to move its malign influence as far away as possible. I don't know what it does, but it cannot be good. Hmm. I'm going to look at Billiam and see that he has a... I believe you have a maul, do you not? I do not have the maul anymore, but I have things that can break this. Not to say it's like, well, if he, mm, well, we could either sell it or on Vendy's behalf, which I am more inclined to do, mm-hmm. destroy it. Yeah, I can destroy this thing easy. Let's bring... Thank you, Vandy. I appreciate you. Um, I say we take it to the rest of the party and let them know what Vandy said and make sure nobody else wants to take a closer look or another look at it before we destroy it. No, I don't believe so. There's nothing I can really do with it. I mean, as Morgan and Solas, see if there's anything else they want. They want to just smash it in her library. <laughs> I don't know. I, or, yeah. This is a library. <laughs> yeah. See, this is where a uh, first edition occultist would have shined so good. Or a thaumaturge. Yeah. Yeah. Or a thaumaturge. Oh, he's got to get a good thaumaturge in there. Thaum it hard, baby. Well, now with this new lovely piece of information, let's Batman signal back to the Rowdy Rockfish. Where our good friend Solu and S. Mordron That's Solus in French. To mm-hmm. crack open this hideous volume bound the skin of something else. Blah, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> something else. Uh, I assume there's like a uh, like a coffee table next to a fireplace with some chairs sitting around it. Comfortable armchairs. Yeah, there's some Miles Davis playing sure. over the speakers. And- okay. There's a small glass of Lafroig and a, and a smoking pipe. There's right, a um, blonde teenage girl in the corner. She's got Uggs and she's drinking a PSL. Now, as, as Mordron, I do not know exactly what to expect from this book, but it'd be quite malevolent. Well, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, sit down in one of the chairs, bring the uh, the book out, and place it on the table. Could you remind me roughly what the dimensions are of this book? You know, uh, book-sized. Book-sized, relative. No, this would be <laughs> yeah, all right, probably... All right, fair enough. I would say it'd be probably 13 by 10, roughly. It's okay. big and about Damn. four to five inches thick. It is. God. That, wow. That's a big book. It's that is a, a big, big book. book. That's like oh, wow. the slab that Billiam used to kill that one creature. Exactly. In the it's yeah. a big yeah. book. But it seems strangely light. Okay. And now as you place it down, you know, and you're kind of focused on it. The book feels cold to the touch, and it almost feels like, and you can't be sure, it's like a fleeting feeling at your fingertips. As you touch the cover, you almost feel like the cover gets goose flesh. You feel little bumps raise under your touch and recoil away as you peel your hand across it. Don't Stop like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, keep, keep, keep doing um, that. I think it likes it. I d- I d- a nipple that you didn't notice <laughs> pops up. <laughs> it's pierced. Um, <laughs> badly. It's like infected okay. and shit. <laughs> Alright. Um, 
somewhat unsettled, I'm going to <laughs> uh, open the book up to uh, page one or the table of contents. There is no table of contents. Okay. In fact, it looks like there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason at all. As you thumb through the book, it seems to be a series of fables, proverbs, strips of information, bits and pieces describing Nimbaloth, her servants, her powers, hymns to her, litanies against her, descriptions of some vast, sodden planet drifting through the void of space carrying her malevolence wherever it goes. Every once in a while you see burned into the pain seven equidistant circles periodically and you start to hear whispers as you read it. Very quiet at first. They, they come on so gradually you almost don't notice it until as Mordrin tries to speak with you He's completely drowned out by whatever's in your ears. And you feel cold. Like, you don't just feel cold. The air around you is cold. You can see your breath now as you breathe. And your breathing is coming faster. Your heart rate is rising. And you also have goose flesh to match that on the cover of the book. You feel like you know more than you ever should have known about this thing from beyond the edge of the stars. You feel like you can answer any question, both those known and unknown. You feel like you could use this to defeat her, that you may be consumed by it as you use it. You could use it as a spell book. There's spells in here. Even you not knowing anything about magic you can use them you feel arcane energy flow through you but you also feel fear paranoia like there's something watching for you predatory waiting on the other side of death beyond it transcending it and I'm gonna get you to throw a will save when we come oh, back God. next week. Oh, oh God. God. Oh, <laughs> no. what, the, what the fuck was oh. that episode? Holy uh, shit. Trailer. I wish you would have told me that it was a spellbook. I would have made a wizard when I need my character to go back into this so I could have used that. Damn. You know what? I'm the only magic wow. caster in the party. I'm still going to make an effort to take yeah, it right? I'm going to kill Solas and take Jeez. the book. I'm going to rebind it in your skin. This what? book is super fucked up, guys. Hell yeah. I'm oh, I feel like things are finally starting to really ramp up Wolf in the story now. uses trademarks and uh, our copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Role for Intent is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Original characters and storylines are the property of Roman Neville Productions. Music for this podcast was provided by Michael Gelfie, Flip Melvin, and Tabletop Audio. Visit our website at rollforintent.com. Any questions or suggestions, email us at mailroom at rollforintent.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>